Amen. Thank you, worship team, for leading us this morning. Can we give them a hand? Well, this morning, as we move into our third week of Advent, again, our hope or our, our theme is joy. And a couple months ago, when we were kind of plotting this out, um, I had somebody say, Oh my goodness, I really, really want to speak that week. And I was surprised. I was like, Well, wonderful. And normally, I wouldn't just, you know, let anybody just jump up and speak, um, especially when it's their first time. But this morning, we have a special guest. And if you aren't nice to her, I'm going to be so ticked. This. Most wonderful wife on the planet. Ladies and gentlemen, will you welcome Heidi Glenn? All right. Good morning, Hope. You guys look good today. Thank you for the warm welcome. I'm excited to be here, and thank you for giving me the next, hopefully, only 30 minutes of your time. We'll see. Maybe God will show up and do something I'm not expecting, which will totally throw me off. <laughs> no, but we do want his presence, so um, we'll pray in just a minute. But I want to recap what we talked about last week a bit. Doug spoke of peace amidst war, right? Inviting us into a peace amidst this war that's not seen. There are parts of the Christmas story that we leave out in our cozy, warm Christmases. In the book of Matthew, we learned of Herod's plan to kill the baby Jesus. As a matter of fact, he had all the male children under the age of two slaughtered. He wanted to prevent the coming king of the Jews because Jesus was a threat to his kingdom. So, Mary and Joseph were warned to flee to Egypt and become refugees, forcibly displaced from their home. Christmas was an act of war against the power of evil and the enemy. This is a Christmas story like you've never heard before. Is it any wonder today that we suffer anxiety, depression, Worry in a world at war? Our hearts long for love, belonging, healing, freedom. Advent today is about joy. It's good news for all people. Sometimes great joy comes from very dark places. What brings you joy this Christmas? <laughs> Elliot, <laughs> Elliot, our grandson, he brings me so much joy, and I've waited eight months to show a picture of him on that screen. <laughs> yes, finally. Um, he has brought Doug and I great joy, the kind of joy that's unspeakable, that rises in my soul, never lets me go. The birth of this little guy has given me a priceless gift. He's given me not just the gift of a grandson, but also a gift of knowing how God sees us. God is giddy for us. He delights in us. Mondays, I babysit this little guy. I see his big toothless grin. I mean, come on. And my heart fills with joy. So today we're going to talk about joy. 
And the Greek word for joy means rejoicing, happiness, gladness, delight, glee. Yep, that about explains how I feel about that little guy. It's the joy that transcends all other emotions. What about the simple joys of Christmas? Now, a friend of ours this week showed up at our house to drop off presents. I'm making sure their kids aren't in here. (laughs) To store it in our garage. Um, They're hiding it for just the right moment. Christmas morning, right? Well, sometimes Jesus shows up in similar moments like this. And it was beautiful. His face beamed with excitement. He said, you're never going to believe this. Do you think God sometimes shows up when we're buying Christmas gifts? Well, of course he does. God of the universe delights in us. So the story goes, his wife tried to buy the gift online, but it was rather late. But she was online when her screen froze up. And she couldn't make the purchase. It was a trampoline, and it was on sale for $269. What a bargain! It was a smaller scale than the one they really wanted. Frustration ensued as she returned to her computer screen, only to find the price had gone up to $500. Yeah. So our friend runs out to go do some errands. He's in Sam's Club, and he finds this trampoline even bigger than the one they, they were hoping for. It was on sale for $550. The story gets better. As he tells it, his smile is so big, and he tells us that the staff employee at the store comes up to him, He tells the story of how his wife was trying to buy this gift online and the price had gone up. And she said, let's make a deal. You want that trampoline? So she sells him the better trampoline, the bigger trampoline, for guess how much? $269. You got it. Woo! Sometimes joy shows up in small Christmas moments like this. Joy. We feel joy. And it's a small glimmer of hope of what the, what the kingdom is really like. And as much as we love Christmas time and the joy we see on our face, on our kids' face as they light up, it is just a shadow of the joy that we'll experience, the joy that we're really looking for. We expectantly wait for the deeper longings of our heart to be met. Belonging for love, for healing, belonging, freedom. So what would joy look like when those deeper longings are met in our soul? The birth announcement of Jesus in Luke 2 says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. 
Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So I'm going to pause and pray before we get started. Jesus, there is power in your name, and we welcome you here today. We welcome you to flood our hearts with joy. We welcome you to ignite a passion in us like one we've never had before. We welcome you to show up in a real and tangible way in us. And God, I pray that I would be set aside so that your glory would be magnified. This is about you, Jesus. All about you. In Jesus' name, amen. So sometimes good news comes out of really dark places. The birth of Jesus came at a very dark time. It was a dark time for Israel. They were under the oppressive rule of the Roman government. Jesus' birth would be an end to this oppression and darkness. And when you understand the background of the story, it gives context. You know how we sung before, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, who mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice. That holy night in Bethlehem gave a profound sense of joy For all who waited the coming Messiah. Israel waited on God for 400 years. It was 400 years of silence. They were subjected to brutal Roman government. And God seemingly was absent. Nancy Ortberg says, The nation of Israel, which always had kings and priests and prophets who were connecting them to God, had experienced four centuries of silence. That was 400 years of wandering and losing hope, the hope of the redemption of their nation and the promise of the Messiah. But then, in an unexpected way, God's plan breaks through. Light breaks into the darkness and ends God's silence. The announcement of Jesus' birth sparked terror Well, I mean, we can't really fault the shepherds, right? I mean, if we had like a big angel, not one of those little cherubims with the wings and the little naked butts, no. (laughs) It was a big angel, scary angel. He says, but wait, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. And the shepherds were overcome. They were overcome with surprise and wonder. All emotions were flowing that night, from terror to joy. These shepherds would have understood what the angel meant by the word Savior. Back in the Old Testament, the scripture they would have known referred to the Savior as someone who delivers them from the enemy. Also known as deliverer, master, anointed king, were the words Savior, Lord, Messiah. This one, Jesus, who came to save, he was born into authority over all of salvation. He spends his first nights in the open air among simple people, not in a palace. 
He was born in the ancient equivalent of a tent village. Jesus arrives that night to fulfill God's promise, and the imagery we are given shows God and his concern for people, regardless of their social status or vocation. He cares for all, and he identifies with all. Sometimes great joy comes out of very dark places. Ann Voskamp, author of 1,000 Gifts, says, The secret to joy is to keep seeking God where we doubt he is. Joy. I saw it on the faces of the women in Syria, from Syria. They were refugees. I met them two years ago on a trip to Jordan. And they were filled with joy. And they were no more than 50 miles from the birth of the Christ child. An article I wrote following this trip reads, Head covered in a pink scarf, a Muslim woman welcomed us with kisses. One on the left, two on the right. She took us quickly to her third floor apartment, where teacups filled to the rim with coffee and trays of cookies awaited our arrival. The story she started with wasn't of her suffering in Syria. Rather, she overflowed with appreciation for the pastor that helped her settle there. And then she tells her story of Jesus. Even through all the hardships, she said, Jesus puts joy in our hearts. She said, I dreamt that Jesus and I were sitting on this couch. She patted her flower print sofa given to her by the local church. He started talking to me, comforting me. Across the room sat a young woman with a child on her lap about the age of two. She told of her encounter with Christ. I prayed for three months, she said. And then I had a dream of Jesus holding me. My son was with me, and he told me, you are mine. Come to me. Contagious joy is what I experienced from them. Jesus came to them in dreams, dreams, and in the love shown to them by the local church. War and oppression had turned them into refugees. But Jesus gave them great joy, regardless of their circumstances. They had been expectantly waiting for the deeper longings of their soul to be met. The love, belonging, healing, and freedom they so desperately wanted and needed. Sometimes great joy comes out of very dark places. So about 700 years prior to Jesus' birth, Isaiah announces the coming Messiah. Isaiah prophesies that the Lord will come and meet the deeper longings of our soul. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom for the captives. And release from darkness for the prisoner. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise 
instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. 700 years before Christmas. God was preparing a way for us to see the coming Messiah. Jesus proclaimed in his first sermon this very scripture would be fulfilled in their hearing. 730 years after the scripture in Isaiah was written, Jesus speaks this message in the synagogue. So Isaiah in the scripture is telling us what to look for in Jesus. How will we know him when he comes? And I want you to imagine this for a moment. People who are poor had nothing but bad news. Received the gift of good news. People long held captive in prisons of all kinds get their freedom. People with tear-dampened handkerchiefs receive comfort with smiles and laughter. Ashes blown away to make way for glittering crowns. Mourning garments replaced with festive, colorful clothes fit for a party. And people who have felt useless for years stand as tall and sturdy as the grandest oak tree. Because people are created in the image of God. That, friends, is really good news that brings great joy. So, a little bit about me. I met Jesus at the age of 34. And I was set free from a very dark place in my life. My marriage of 15 years had just ended, leaving a fracture of heartbreak in our family. It's through this dark time that I met Jesus. The band Switchfoot, for those of you who know them, sing a song. Your wounds are where the light shines through. And sometimes great joy comes from dark places. It was in the darkest time of my life when Jesus showed up to bind my wounds, to bind the wounds of my broken heart. He bestowed on me a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning. Jesus didn't bind me with the label divorced. Instead, he called me to be an oak of righteousness. It doesn't make sense. Why would God do this? Because the Lord is compassionate. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion, it says in Psalm 116.5. Compassion is God's nature. And though we may not live in a physical war here, there is often a battle going on inside for our hearts. But our God fights for us. He knows the deeper longings and he fulfills them. The longing for love, belonging, healing, freedom, His response to the battle in this unseen world was to bring his only son, Jesus, to save us. Jesus is on a rescue mission to save us, to save all. What about the wars we can see around the world? 
What about people who are forcibly displaced from their home? Is there good news of great joy for them? They've left everything but the bare essentials behind for a land they've never seen. It's a great risk. They didn't want to leave their homes. They were forcibly displaced by war. But sometimes great joy comes out of very dark places. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all people. The word in Greek, pas, it literally means all. It means radically all. Everything, everyone, everywhere, the whole, the world. That's good news, right? All literally means all. Not some people, but all people. Jesus brings good news for everyone. When the angel proclaimed his arrival, he he was saying to the shepherds, Anyone can have this joy, not just a select few, not just a particular people group, not a status, not a race, not a country of origin, gender, or legal status. He comes for those who have homes and those who are homeless. He came for all, even people different from us, even people we perceive to be our enemies. Now, in closing, this isn't intended to cause guilt at Christmas (laughs) or any more shame than our commercials are already pouring on us if we don't buy the perfect car, the perfect gift, the perfect whatever, perfect outfit for the Christmas party. Um, We're talking about joy for all people here. But I want to talk about us for just a minute. Oftentimes when I'm asked, how are you doing? What do we say? Mmm, busy. Busy. I'm busy, but no more than anybody else. What if the unseen war against us is built on the pursuit of happiness, cleverly disguised as success? Those of us living in the top 10% of wealth in the world And if you own a car, that's us. Could this pursuit of success actually be causing us to miss the deeper longings of our hearts? The longing for love, belonging, healing, freedom? Maybe so. Maybe so. We want our kids to have the best opportunities, the best chance for a successful future. But it's causing us anxiety, stress, and surmounting worry. It's robbing our very souls of the deeper longings of our heart for love, belonging. What if our busyness keeps us from deep, meaningful relationships with our kids, with our spouses, our parents, our families? I'm guilty. So I'm, like, preaching to myself here, too. Um, Decorating the Christmas tree this week, I came across a box. 
And in this box was a letter written by my daughter moons ago when she was just a wee one. Um, I remember how hard I worked back then, 40 hours a week, driving an hour to and from work, two small kids at home. I was busy. I was stressed. I was tired. Day and, day and night working hard left me tired, too tired to pay attention at home. All the attention I'd given, all that I had was given to work. I was so tired I could barely pay attention to the kids. Baths, dinner, dishes, all of it. Could I really be present for them? Now I'm about to read a letter, a thank you letter from my daughter that she gave at Christmas. Just one sentence, not the whole letter. And I know she meant it from her heart, but I knew almost that it wasn't necessarily true about me, and so it was a real wake-up call. She says in the letter, Mom, I think it's very nice when you go to work early so you can come home early and spend time with me. That's a real wake-up call. I needed to slow down from the busyness of life. Or I was going to miss the joy of spending time with my kids, simply being too busy. Too busy to meet the deeper longings of their heart for love, belonging. And if we're too busy for our kids, how can we also be a part of God's rescue mission for the world? Now I'm going to preface this, this next part with a quote from the International Justice Mission. They rescue traffic victims around the world from ongoing violence and bring them to safety. As saints of God, we are children of God, fully loved by him, but there's more. This new identity brings with it a new citizenship. As kingdom citizens, first, we're called to live from the image of God, compassion. Now, an opportunity came to me last week, and I almost missed it. I almost said, I'm too busy, even though I know God had put it on my heart. There was a woman and her child. They needed a warm place to stay and a trip to the bus station. She wasn't a tall woman. She was about, you know, maybe it was under five foot for sure. And she had with her a small child, age nine. She was from Guatemala, and she spoke no English. We translated back and forth through Google Translator. Ah, oh, modern technology, it's wonderful. <laughs> It was great. Um, so I asked her about her journey. She said she'd traveled 25 days by foot. And I asked her, well, where did you sleep at night? She said, outside. It was cold. We barely had enough to eat. But then she said, but thanks be to God. And her face when I met her, was bright, filled with joy, delightful. She had more joy on her face than I think I had on mine. 
Uh, now, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement ICE is partnering with local churches in our area, transporting people from the border who meet the requirements to follow, file for asylum. And as they wait for their court dates, they're partnering with churches to put them into host homes for one or two nights and then get them to the bus station so that they can get to the family that lives here while they wait for those court dates. My only job that day was to transport her to the bus station. It was a quiet ride, because you can't really Google Translate while you're driving, right? Um, but the spirit of the Lord was in the car. I could feel him. There was joy, joy in our car. We parted ways at the bus stop, said our goodbyes, and that was it. The joy of the Lord was her strength. She is created in the image of God. Sometimes great joy comes out of very dark places. And 20 years later, after my daughter wrote the letter, the same question plagues me. Am I too busy? Not just for my own family, but for people I don't even know that God's calling me to serve. The final verse of O Holy Night says it best. Try to get through this. Truly, he's taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains, chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy, in grateful chorus raise we. Let all who, who, let all who with us praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise his name forever. Worship team, will you come? I made it through that without crying. That was the first time all week. <laughs> so sometimes great joy comes out of very dark places. As it was that night in a manger over 2,000 years ago, the first Christmas. There is good news waiting for us. Good news of grace. If you don't yet know Jesus as Lord, if you haven't received the free gift of God's grace, I would encourage you to meet up with one of our prayer team at the end of service. They have prayers that they will pray with you so you can experience the great joy of knowing our Lord Jesus. And for those of us who do know Jesus, there's good news for you too. We have an invitation for you to bring good news of great joy to someone else this Christmas. As a part of our simple Christmas theme, we've decided to partner with other covenant churches who are partnering with God to bring good news to all people, especially those who may be easily overlooked, refugees. And sometimes great joy comes out of dark places. Today, you can give the deeper longing of someone else's heart. Love, belonging, freedom. Out in the lobby is our hope tree where I'll be waiting. And this is an opportunity to give back a measure of joy that you've received. And we have for you a gift. 
It's a gift of peace. It's an ornament for your tree that says peace in multiple languages. Remember to pray for refugees this Christmas around the world who could use some really good news of great joy. Doug, will you come close us in prayer?